Oh my goodness, what a morning. I, uh, <laughs> like honestly, just so, so absolutely exciting. I'm trying to give these kids these Bibles here for the Great Bible Giveaway, and I'm like getting choked up, and I'm like, okay, collect yourself, Chris. It's not about you. <laughs> Do this. Uh, just an exciting day. We have kids getting Bibles, um, and then at the uh, 11 o'clock service, at the 11 o'clock service today, we have four baptisms happening. We have four baptisms happening at the 11 o'clock service. Super, super excited watching a whole family, uh, you know, come to the waters and uh, find Jesus and receive him there. Uh, so that's super exciting. And then today also is our uh, Blessing Teacher Sunday. So we're going to have, at the end of the service today, we're going to bless teachers and we've got a little gift for them because they get ready for the school year. And we have Our World uh, teachers from, from this, you know, Our World Ministry and just... So exciting, a lot going on, and it just so happens, it's all apropos, because like it all fits in today's theme, as you'll see in just a second, Um, because today we are continuing the series that we're in called One Another. And in this series, we've been looking at just a few of the 59 One Another commands that we see in the New Testament. So kids, that, and by the way, kids, if you want to just flip through your Bibles while I'm talking, that is absolutely fine with me. But it's on the the far end of your, uh, the the right-hand side of your Bible. That's the New Testament. And uh, there's 59 One Another commands in the New Testament. We're looking at just a few of them. And, And we've talked about like how... Um, you know, like week one, we talked about loving one another and caring for one another and showing kindness to one another. And then uh, last week, we talked about being united to one another and being devoted to one another. And really, the problem is, uh, then kind of the tagline of the series is, this is the church you can't do on a Sunday morning. This is the church that you can't do on a Sunday morning. How are you supposed to serve the person sitting in the back row? How how are you supposed to be devoted to the person sitting in the front row? You can't when we're sitting in rows, facing forward, and listening to his speech, right? All of the activity is up here, right? And it's a largely passive experience. And that is fine. You know, honestly, we believe we should gather to hear God's word. We believe there should be preaching. We should believe we should sing amazing songs to God and uh, with amazing musicians. All of these things are important. However, this can't be the be-all, end-all of the Christian experience. There has to be more to the church. We've got to get out of rows and get into circles, in specific, in small groups, doing life with one another. And we're really excited that we are launching a small group ministry here at St. Mark. And it is my hope and my expectation that anyone who calls St. Mark home is a part of a small group. It's that important. And today's one another command um, is, again, like I said, fitting for today. It comes to us um, from an apostle named Paul. And he's writing this letter to a small group. And that, it's just important. These words come alive when you realize this was not written to a group of 100 people. This was written to about 10 to 12 people meeting in a living room in a small town called Kalasa. It's tucked away in the mountains inland uh, in modern-day Turkey. And so he writes this letter to a group of people meeting at this house. And he's instructing them on how to do church and what church looks like and how this should be all, to, you know, like how, to, how to do this thing called church together and what this should look like. And here's what he says in chapter 3 of Colossians. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's why we, you know, celebrated today. Like we want the word of God to, to dwell richly in our students. And, and so let it dwell richly in you as you admonish and, and then here's our one another command, teach one another in all wisdom. 
you guys, teach one another in all wisdom. And I think a few of you, you hear that and you're like, well, there you go. That's reason for me to not join a small group. I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't know, an, I don't know anything about what, who am I to teach someone a book that I don't even understand? Who, I just started my, my journey, with my, my, my faith journey. Like, I, who am I to tell the guy who's tenured on what the Bible says? So you're thinking, well, I'll learn more about the Bible, and then I'll join a small group. But that's, that's, that's a misreading of these words. The Bible was written by Jewish people. Okay, newsflash, right? And Jewish people have a Jewish worldview that's shaped largely from their reading and the way they built their life around the Jewish scriptures. Again, the left-hand side of, of your Bibles that the kids just got, the Old Testament, the Torah. And, and, this, and the Jewish scriptures has a lot of different sections in it. One of the sections is called the wisdom literature, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, and Proverbs. And in these Jewish Proverbs that we believe are inspired word of God, in these, in these Proverbs, they, they, it covers, it's a fascinating book. If you ever just, you know, need a quick nugget of something to help me in my day, Book of Proverbs is where you should go. It's crazy. It, it, it's like application of how, how to handle your money, how to handle your, your household, how to handle conflict with a neighbor, how, how to be a good coworker, and just Proverbs of, of daily living. It's extremely practical. But in the book of Proverbs, it also goes into great depth on defining this word wisdom. And not just wisdom, but it uses actually three terms, not interchangeably. And for us, like, we kind of understand these, but they go into great length to specify the difference between these words. It's knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And they're different. We use them kind of interchangeably, but the Jewish scriptures make really, really, really like, uh, important like, case they're, that they're, they are distinct from one another. Knowledge is the facts. What? One plus one equals two. The basics of, you know, just like ABCs, right? And it's, and it's understanding, you know, like the basic facts. So knowledge would be something like Jesus died for your sins. That's basic knowledge, according to like the scriptures. But it's not enough. I mean, how appalling is it to meet somebody who knows the Bible, but doesn't live like it, doesn't apply it? Oswald Chambers, back in the day, preacher from back in the 70s and 80s, he, he said, uh, the rising cause of atheism is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips. They know all the right answers, but then they walk out the door and get on with their lifestyle. And I love this quote. That is what an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. Ugh. So knowledge is not enough. It's not enough. You have to keep going. Next would be understanding. Understanding is not just facts. Understanding is more of the, the why. That, by the way, uh, Lissandra, if you want to make a correction, under facts it should say how, not uh, why. Make a correction for the next service. Uh, understanding is discernment, judgment. Why is this true? So back to our example, Jesus died for your sins. Great, but that's kind of weird, isolated got to know why. Well, why is because he loves you and you're a sinner. 
And he wants to spend eternity with you. So he dies your death in your place that you might live his life in his place. He pays the penalty for your sin. That's the why. And around here, we have a program called Confirmation starting in fifth grade where kids learn the why. It's not just the Ten Commandments, not just the books of the Bible or, you know, the Beatitudes or whatever and facts about Jesus. It's helping them understand as they grow why. And they, they learn why these things matter. and They get understanding from it. You're teaching kids to think. Teachers in the room. Isn't that the mark of a good teacher? You don't just teach them facts. You help them think and understand why behind the facts. Then there's the next step. After understanding is wisdom. And this is the goal. Wisdom is lived experience. It's an application of knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is knowing how you're going to do this. Right? So, kind of a modern, well, the example of Jesus dying for his sins. Well, he did that because we're sinners and he died to penalty in our place. But now I'm going to apply this to my life. Um, kind of a way to think about this is knowledge is head, understanding is heart, wisdom is action. But like, okay, so like a, ba- a modern example would be like a curveball. A knowledge of a curveball is knowing how to hold it. That's knowledge. Understanding is what it feels like as it spins out of your hand. And understanding is how the seams create resistance and wind resistance and drag, and that's how it curves. Wisdom is knowing when to throw a curveball in a count against a batter in the seventh inning. It's lived experience. It's applying all of this knowledge and understanding. So head, heart, hands. That's wisdom. Now, with this Jewish understanding of these words, let's revisit what the Apostle Paul said to this group of people gathering in a living room in a town called Colossae. In chapter 3, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you, Richie, as you admonish and teach one another in all wisdom. All wisdom. Not just biblical wisdom. All kinds of wisdom. Yes, what wisdom? All of it. In this room right now, there are newlyweds. Also in this room right now are people who have been married for decades or people who have been divorced. And they have all kinds of wisdom on best practices and things they would do differently that they could share with the newlyweds. Linda just shook her head. You, I promise you, you've got, you've got wisdom. In this room right now are brand new parents with babies. And in this room right now also are grizzled veterans of parents who, when their kid spits a binky out, they pick it up, blow it off, and stick it back in the kid's mouth. The newlyweds are like sanitizing it, replacing it, you know, boiling it. But old parents are like, whatever. Here's a baby wipe. In this room right now is somebody who is just diagnosed with a chronic illness. And in this very room right now is somebody who has all the wisdom of beating cancer. And the problem is nobody knows when we sit in rows. Nobody knows when we sit in rows 
We need to get in circles to do life together so we can teach one another with all the wisdom that we've got from our lived experience. I saw this on Thursday night. We had a host training for our small groups. All of our, we had like 20, 25 people in the, in the cafe there. And we were doing a training for the upcoming small group season that we're launching. And it came up in a conversation that one of our, uh, the, one of the hosts had, has a, a child with, uh, a, you know, just a, a medical issue. It's kind of a lingering thing. And somebody else on the other side of the room was like, oh my goodness, my kid has a medical issue. Can we be in a small group together? And I was like, no, you guys are actually hosts. You're in different groups, but there it is. There was like this natural gravitational pull, like I need to learn from you. Teach me, oh wise one. Help me in this situation. And sitting around you are people who need your expertise just as desperately as you need theirs. When Ashley and I were going through foster care and adoption, we sat down with people who had been down this road before. When, when we bought a house, we talked to people. How do you do this whole thing? And we got their wisdom. Yesterday, I have a plumbing issue in my house. So I like my $200 in my pocket. I didn't want to call a plumber to come do this thing. So I'm like, I'm going to do this. I, watched, I wasted hours watching YouTube videos and like articles, and I'm like, I think that looks the same. It's kind of the same. Then I go to Lowe's, and I'm at Lowe's talking to the guy there, and he's supposed to be an expert, but he wasn't. And then uh, he's giving me, I mean, that's what their tagline says, and, uh, and I'm buying the thing, and then I bought the wrong thing, and I had to go back, and it, it was a mess. Then I'm like at the house, and I'm taking all the cleaners out from underneath the sink and putting them on the floor, and it looks like, you know, a bomb went off, and then I'm taking my wife's Tupperware that she loves, and I put it under the sink to just in case for the sludge, uh, and the, sorry, honey, and the, so then I'm laying uh, um, underneath and I'm doing the thing and I'm, and nothing is working as quickly as it should. And it, it's like, it's gross. And then the kids are like, what's that smell? And like, I'm like it's the sewer. And anyway, and it was a whole thing. I like, I got a blood blister. I got junk all over my head. It's just this like sludge kind of crap. I get done and I, I, I finish it. I did it, but it took me hours. How great would it have been to call up somebody who's an expert, and been like, yo, can you help me? Do this, 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 you're done. Awesome. But I didn't have anyone to call. Sitting around, oh, there you go. He's raising his hand. Next time, give me a buzz. <laughs> Andy, okay, I got you. Thanks, man, appreciate it. Any other volunteers? When Chris has plumbing problems, they can't get Anyway, but nobody knows when you sit in rows. We need to get in small groups. And here's the thing. It took me a long time. And you don't need people around you. You could do it on your own, but you'll do slowly and imperfectly what someone else will do quickly and perfectly. You'll do slowly and imperfectly what someone around you will do quickly and perfectly. Wouldn't you love to tap into their wisdom? And my friends, that's why we need to get in relationship and community with one another in small groups so you can teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Small groups are the shortcut to wisdom. It's how you get it. You sit down with experts, and they tell you what they know. And do you see what this does all of a sudden? All your excuses not to be in a small group? Well, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm too new at the faith. I'm too broken. I'm too messed up. 
I'm too old, I'm too young. I'm too rich, I'm too poor. All of those excuses just go away. No, because your lived experience is different than mine. I was just talking to somebody in the cafe and I found out they grew up in poverty. You don't think I want to sit down and learn about that? What was it like to grow up in poverty? I'm better for that. And I need people around me, especially if I'm stuck. If I can't figure out how to get through this difficulty I'm having in my relationships, this difficulty I'm having uh, at work or whatever, I need people around me. Otherwise, I'm in an echo chamber of people who look like me, think like me, act like me, vote like me. But when I humble myself and I learn and I listen to the people around me, it opens up all new lines of thinking. It's the adage. We can't use the same line of thinking that got us into the problem to get out of the problem. You need new thoughts, new angles, new directions, and that's what the people around you provide. My friends, this is what I want for you. I want you to have a whole and rich life leaning on the wisdom of the people around you. You need it. They need it. This is what I want for you. To help you guys teach one another. Now, speaking of teaching, we have heard that our move to QR codes is a learning curve for some of us in the room. Uh, That QR codes, that teach one another also implies teach us how to use this thing. And so we actually made a, so the QR code, you could take your bulletin out, grab your bulletin, take it out. Take out your bulletin. Yeah. On the back is the QR code for small groups. You can scan it on the screen, scan it on the, uh, on the back of your bulletin. But here's the thing. Some of you are like, I don't know how to do it. It looks like, you know, some kind of Morse code or something. What you do, so we made a little video. You, you, you simply take out your phone, open up the camera. A little yellow pop-up will come. When it sees the, uh, the QR code, it'll take you to the website. And on the website, you fill out the form. You tell us how much, and, you know, everything about you. And you click, click submit. That's it. Our small groups are going to be based generationally, so like in your age range. It's going to be based on your schedule. I can do once a month. I can do twice a month. I can do weekly. Whatever your schedule is, whatever your age range is, we're going to figure this out so that you can be in a small group and live the fullness of the Christian life that God intends for you in these one another commands. And by the way, these are not studies. I should, I should have clarified this earlier. This is not Bible study knowledge, right? It's knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. We call these discussion guides. And Pastor and Jack and I will write these discussion guides every single week. It's a response to the message to help you guys go deeper into the content of the message in conversation with one another in your small group. That's what we're going to do. That's, what the, that's the content that the small groups will go through. Now, I would be remiss, I would be remiss if we just stopped there talking about small groups as some sort of glorified version of Facebook groups or, uh, you know, like self-help groups or, um, you know, support groups. It's more than that. We believe when you're in a small group, you gather with Jesus, him. He says, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am among you. He is not a wallflower in the room. He is an active participant. He is living in your living room when you gather in a small group in his name. And we said in our last series, remember, you speak with Jesus through conversation in small group. 
This is one of our strategies of ministry. You speak with Jesus through conversation in small groups. Sunday mornings, you hear Jesus from his word in weekly worship, like as I'm preaching to you. But you speak with him through conversation in small groups. And we believe that. Now, when you speak with Jesus, you're interacting with wisdom himself. Scriptures call him wisdom. He is the embodiment of wisdom. He's the God. He's co-equal with God, who is called the all-wise, all-knowing God. He knows the angle of the earth perfectly so that the whole creation is in balance. He knows uh, how many uh, grains of sand there are on the earth. He knows the names of the stars. He is He knows all things. He is wisdom. He is called the wonderful counselor. People, when he he was born, the the writers Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in their biographies of Jesus, they, they, they make the note that when he was a boy, 12 years old, he, he wowed the scholars of the day and they asked one another, where does he get this understanding and knowledge? Oh, Later on, when he's teaching, everyone is baffled and said, where did this wisdom come from? And they called him the good teacher. Now, I want you to imagine Jesus is here right now, and you have an opportunity to come to him with your burning question, your difficulty, your, your, your struggle that you're going through. You can come up to Jesus, and you can ask him, for his advice. How would you handle this situation? And you get one question, and you get to ask Jesus how he would handle it. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, that's what happens in small groups. You speak with Jesus. You speak with wisdom through conversation in your small groups. Peter, another apostle, makes this point when he's writing a letter to a church. Look what Peter says. If anyone speaks, remember, in your small group, in your living room, he's writing this letter. When you guys speak to one another, they should do so, remembering they are one who speaks the very words of God. I don't think anyone in this room has a hard time believing that God speaks through me to you right now. That's why you're here. Even if you're not sure about this whole Christianity thing, you're like leaning in, I need to learn. If okay, if he's out there, I can learn from, I can, I, I, can, I can hear from him right now. But Peter flips it on his head. Not only can God speak through me to you, but God could speak through you to me. This is called the priesthood of all believers. You don't need the, the guy that you could be in a small group with one another and you're gathering with people who are letting the word of Christ dwell richly within them and then when they speak, you are getting an insight into the wisdom of Jesus. Wow. When you're in a small group and this happens, when you're in a small group and this happens, you'll realize, okay, not only is this the church I can't do on a Sunday morning, But you'll realize small groups are a shortcut to wisdom himself. 
Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for this opportunity to hear from you and let you speak to us. Thank you so much for these kids who got these Bibles. Thank, and God, may we cherish your word just as much as these kids. Um, and would you use the Bible that's in their hands to just lead them into a lifelong love and uh, relationship and friendship with you? God, we make ourselves available to you. Would you teach us, good teacher? Teach us. Give us your wisdom. And in particular, God, give it to us through the people we gather with in small groups. We need help. We are on the struggle bus right now with some situations. And we know that help is around us. Thank you, God. And it's fitting. It's fitting that your disciples came up to uh, your son Jesus and said, hey, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And so in response, God, we, we, we simply pray the prayer your son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.